Welcome to Seattle House Mafia's Industry Interviews. I'm Phil, your host, and in each episode, we bring you exclusive interviews with DJs, producers, promoters, and other industry professionals who are passionate about leaving their mark on the dance music scene. But we don't just talk about their careers. We dive deep into their personal lives, what inspires them, where they face challenges, how they balance their personal and professional obligations, and what their aspirations are for the future. Lastly, we end every episode with an exclusive DJ mix so you can experience firsthand our guest's signature sound and style. So join us on this unique journey as we explore the dance music scene and the amazing people who make it happen. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Seattle House Mafia. Welcome to the latest episode of Seattle House Mafia Industry Interviews. I'm Phil, your host, and uh, here we are in the super secret Seattle House Mafia HQ. Our guest today just performed the opening set for Black Loops. That was at Monkey Loft. In 2021, she released an album of nine original indie dance tracks. Yeah. She's done multiple collaborations with our good friend Tony H featuring her vocals. She has provided vocals also for a remix by Pete Moss of ASW's Say It Right out on Uniting Souls Music. Mm -hmm. This year, she also opened for Katama with Routine and had her flammable debut going back to back with your partner, Sully. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about that. And she has more solo projects, uh, productions, releases, all on the way this year. More collaborations with Tony H., Wolf Stacks and Sheps, ASW, Pete Moss, and Jesse Lear, to name a few. I want to welcome Rachel Vick to the show. How Thank are you? Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. How um, are you? I am good. I'm so glad we were finally able to uh, get this triangulated. Like a two-week delay, but we're here and it's... Yeah, it's yeah. the right time. And you know what I love? We've never met before, I don't think, in person. Yeah. But I feel like I know you because we communicated so much over uh, Facebook Messenger. I know. <laughs> so. I know. Yeah, it's been a definitely like a, ba- a nice background building relationship yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, you know, so let's... let's I was going to say, we haven't met in person, but I think the when I... Th- when I found out that you actually sang, I think I saw a picture of you. Um, was it at Monkey Loft with Tony H? Were you doing some live vocals? Yes. Yeah, so we did a, we only did like our, like two songs, but we did um, do them like right at the end. That was for like the re- re- record release party for the ASW. I think it's an EP. Got and it. then he has like, re- there's some remixes of like of Pete Moss and that's where okay. I was featured. So yeah, so we did, we had decided to, we were like, let's just sneak in a couple of ours at the end. And of it was so much fun. Well, yeah. And I just, I just had no idea, you know, and, and I, like, we don't really know each other. So I wasn't sure the extent of your, your talents. I knew you were a DJ. I knew you were a producer. I didn't know you did vocals as well. Yeah. Has that been a thing for a long time? Have you been singing forever? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like started um with uh piano and singing when i was very young okay like first grade probably like right you know when you start grade school and then never stopped singing through senior year of college um and i had like an awesome choir director okay um and she like i'm really fortunate to have gone to the high school that i went to um for both visual arts as well as music i feel like i learned um like everything that i need 
you know, and I took art courses in college that I was just like, oh, this is nothing new for me. Like, I don't have anything more to learn from this, which was interesting. Not to say that I'm like, there's, I don't mean to say that, like, there's nothing more to learn, but I feel like I have a really strong foundation from, from my high school experience. And um, yeah, so I kind of put it down. I was also an athlete. I played volleyball. Um, so that took up like a lot of my time. <laughs> okay. And um, I love volleyball. Don't get me wrong, but I I'd always kept coming back to music. And interesting. Yeah. So you're not from Seattle. No. Where did you Where did you grow up? I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Yeah. I thought there was some. Do we consider that Midwest? The, That's what people tell yeah. me. Yeah. What do you guys call it? I yeah. Mid. Okay. I, I guess Midwest, I th- but just in my mind, like the geography of that is not totally. <laughs> correct. Like I feel like it's more East Coast than it is. Fair enough. But and whatever. Anyway, that's me being picky. But yes, you can so. be. Pick- I was just. I don't want to offend anybody. Like I said, <laughs> no, I'm not here okay. to trigger anybody. <laughs> no, <worries. laughs> no. You. You. I, it was. It was. If I were to guess, you. You sort. I used to travel to Minnesota quite a bit for another job, and the Dakotas, and I would have guessed. Midwestish, yeah. based on sort of the, your personality and the way we interact, the way you talk. Sure, yeah, definitely. Um, the twang, like the A's, will kind of you know that'll yep. clue people in. So you so. grew you grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and then when did you and and you were doing music mm-hmm. for a long time? Mm-hmm. But it sounds more like sort of classical choir. Yes, yes. Okay. So I kind of started there, and I was also playing sports. So like music and sports and art were kind of my lanes. Okay. And then I reached a point in, um, I'd say probably, yeah, like high school when I started getting pretty good at volleyball and, um, I decided that I wanted to like pursue a scholarship. And so I had to like, um, yeah, I quit basketball, you know, I kind of had to quit piano lessons, kept singing. Cause that was something I could do at school, you know, not in my extra time. Um, and then I was, uh, yeah, I got a scholarship to play volleyball at Eastern Kentucky university. Okay. Which is like a small D1 school in in central Kentucky. And they also had the program like occupational therapy, which is what I do. So they it kind of all lined up in that way. Wow. And then I went there and I did that for a while and um, took some art classes. Um, and then I also... What kind of art again, by the way? I just Drawing and painting. Okay. I, I, I love to draw and paint. I don't do it as much as I would like to anymore. But I do really enjoy being visually creative as well. Um but yeah, so went to college and then probably like halfway through, I had a friend who was actually a rapper and um, he asked me to sing hooks on his songs. So I actually ended up like writing hooks for his um, rap songs <laughs> in college. Yeah, <laughs> And it was really fun. Yeah. I had so much fun being creative in that way. And I think a little voice in my head like had always said like, oh, you can't write a song like that's too hard or like you'll never write a good song and then I kind of like just did it and like the feedback I got from from our friends was really great and it felt really good and I don't know so then also watching him do that like he he was using like audacity um and like a you know not a not a very expensive microphone and it sounded great and I was like oh my gosh this is I could do this like and then that kind of began my production journey Interesting. And did you ever go perform with him, like live doing hooks? We did once. Nice. Yeah, we did once. It was. um... (laughs) (laughs) Was this at like a Cleveland club or no? So we're in Kentucky Kentucky, at this point. Yeah, that's right, Kentucky. (laughs) Yeah, so we're in Kentucky at this point. He had like a um, like a talent show or fundraiser or something. Like he was like a teacher's assistant, 
at his at a, at, at the high school. Okay. So we did like a thing there and did a couple songs. Oh, at the high school. Yeah, and I also did like a duet with one of his students. It was actually kind of fun. Nice. It was pretty cool, but it was like yeah, so not seriously at all. It was just like a. But that was one like time. a small little... high school kids can be a little judgy though. Yeah, they they can be, but his kids were cool. Okay. So they were nice. And they That's were all great. really like very into music and like really looked up to him and everything. So it was cool. That is but very cool. Anyways, so yeah, that kind of got me started. And I had I had like a MacBook and um I had GarageBand on my MacBook and I bought a cheap microphone and an interface and I just kind of started, you know, making stuff and a lot of the songs on my first album are actually what i had started at that time so it's like a very special a lot of those songs are really special to and that's me. the 2021 uh-huh and i just release. hadn't finished them and i finally moved out here and some of them are newer some of them are older but it's kind of like a collection of kind of my roots in a way in electronic music so th that's what i was going to ask you when you started producing so first of all you started producing before djing mm -hmm. and then you were producing you were producing music that actually is still relevant to what you're doing right now. It sounds like you kind of started there. Yes. And that's like a whole nother conversation that we're going to get into <laughs> about like what I want to do now versus what I started, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I could throw in one of those songs in the club and I don't think people would be like, what's going on? Like, I think it would make sense. Um, I think it needs to be at the right show. Right. Um, but I want to make more music that I can throw into any set and just be ready to go with some like good, you know, bumping house tunes like got it some good deep house or jack and house or whatever it is that i end up making but that's because that's where, where i'm at right now so i kind of am at odds a little bit with myself like i want to i don't want to let go of the singer songwriter but i also want to push myself to like become like more of a house music producer so it's sort of it's an interesting you know place to be you're at a fun crossroads though it's a good I mean, it's not bad yeah can you do both or is it just is it i think i can do both I yeah think you can I think I can. I think I just um, like if I start a house track, I immediately am like writing lyrics and melodies and it becomes an indie dance track. Like, you know, it's a little so story I, I have to like I have to restrict myself because it just like it can get like um, it can become like a full song, you know, very fast versus just kind of like I mean, house is kind of simple if you really yeah. listen to the elements of some tracks it's just like four bar loop of a really groovy like chord and like I feel like more time is spent on the production of that sound than of the whole like right structure of the track even like I don't I don't actually think that's you know but I'm just kind of saying that I think um trying to kind of restrict myself yeah and get into the details of oh, those shit, sounds. do the whole thing and then just do a dub edit you know and, and yeah yeah, right? I need to do that. I need to try to do that as well. Yeah. But yeah, so that's kind of my background. No, that's very cool. The The origin story with the production, I, I get where that started. And then how did you launch into DJing? So, um, okay. So in college, I was getting into like a, a listening to like a lot of indie dance music. Okay. Like I, I don't know if you know Sylvan Esso. I've heard the name, they're but I can't say it. They're one of my favorites. It. Super familiar. Okay. It's okay. okay. They, I really, and even when they're putting out new stuff, some bands that, you know, they make, they put out new things and you're like, ah, oh, they're kind of losing. I mean, their first album is the best for sure. Okay. But, um, but I just like, they're still making things that are like interesting and unique and like in touch with their roots. And I just, I've always really liked them. So anyway, that's a good reference to see some of my inspiration, I guess. Okay. And then, um, yeah, we can you where where are we at in this? Well, no, I was I was no that's that's totally I lost fair. my train of thought. No, I, I was <laughs> I was just asking 
I was asking about oh, where the DJ journey started, right. but now you made me want to go back a little bit and okay. ask you this first, sure. which is how often when you're making a track, are you putting your own vocals in? Is it like a hundred percent of the time? Cause it's about your, yeah. Vocals I mean, or yeah. A feature if it's, piece? Yeah. If it's um, a song that I want vocals in, then yeah. You're the one doing the yeah. vocals. Yeah. I love that though. That's yeah. Very it's cool. fun. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to get a little bit creative with like, how can I morph this sound to kind of, make it not sound like me sometimes too right. so i'm playing around with some of that stuff too but um anyways so yeah so indie dance was like where i kind of got into it and then i found the artist amtrak okay who's kind of big you know he's a big dj now and everything and um like his first album like came along is what has like some really cool like indie dance sort of leaning stuff um kind of works almost on this experimental kind of interesting side and i just um there but then also he had some like you know four on the floor yeah groovers and right. i was like this is like i didn't know anything about house and i was like okay. this is what i love and I, tr I just started kind of trying to make it and i didn't so that's kind of where this like blend came from of just like i don't really know what house is i don't really have a frame of reference for a lot of artists but like i know i like this kick and i like the clap and i like um the danceability of it and so that's kind of where i think i when i am writing music it ends up kind of being this actually kind of interesting blend yeah. of like a thumpy house track with then like you have like this like lyrical expression that's an element of it too so it's kind of cool no that's very cool and i think so many and i'm not trying to this is not to degrade any producers but a lot of times the vocal hook or the vocal sample or whatever they pull that from a library mm -hmm. and so that's it's something special to be able to do your own vocals yeah you know, whether you're sampling yourself or you're doing yeah. a full you know yeah and that's i think i love to like wolf stacks reached out to me because he was like i have this track and the vocal sample is just not like can you write and i wrote it and it it became a complete like i think that's the best part is just like if someone sends me a track to write to like tony like it'll just transform into into this other thing it's just a really cool experience to get to do that so i love to collaborate with artists here because of that like bl blending our two stories yeah that's super cool yeah very good no i'm learning i'm learning a lot so then now we go back to my original question which was when did you transition into djing okay. like so, what was the journey probably there? not until i moved here i okay. think so i got my degree um and i ended up like wanting to leave the east side a little bit like just to go out on my own i felt the kind of need to like establish my roots somewhere and find my my people i guess and not to say that i didn't have close friends or relationships at home but i just kind of felt this need to like i need to be around like a, a lot of creative people and so i was kind of i had been out to the west coast a couple times i really liked the energy here and the vibes and um but i'm also not really like a beach girl necessarily so that eliminates like half of play volleyball <laughs> how can you not be a beat well you yeah play i played in, indoor. indoor yeah in the gym yeah. that's in the gym i did try to play a little bit when i first moved here and i got to a place where i was like okay like i'm getting better and then the pandemic hit uh. <laughs> so anyway so that's the journey there but um but yeah so i moved i kind of like did a little actually i did do a little bit of research about like house music because okay. i i I I was like, where are the clubs? Like, and what year are we talking, by the way? Probably 2018, when okay. I was kind of like, fin I finished my degree. I was working at the college for a semester just to like make a little bit of money, 
and figure out what I was going to do next. So I kind of took like a breather moment and like, I was just like looking on like Instagram and I, I actually saw a video of monkey loft. Okay. And like a lot of them were, I don't know. I just couldn't find like the, the, like that deep, that kind of like deep sound. And it's funny. We were just talking about how Seattle's like has such a deep sound. Um, but, and I, I listened to that video and I, I just kind of had one of those like intuitive moments where you're just like, okay, like if they're playing that in this one video, I need to hear everything else that's happening right. in the city. Um, and so that's kind of honestly kind of crazy to think that now I'm playing there, <laughs> yeah. like from, you know, from a video I saw, but that's actually the story. And I came on a job interview um, and I was fortunate that they flew me out. So I got to come here and visit first. And I, I bought a ticket to the Space Needle and it was one of those fall evenings where the sky is just like we no rain. You. Oh, you got you, it. I was <laughs> sold. I was like, it was the most beautiful sunset yeah. from the Space Needle that I I was just like, okay, like there's water everywhere. I'm, I lived by the water, you know, I grew up by the lake. I grew up by the water. I grew up by industry in the city yep. in Cleveland. And it, so it had this feeling of being at home but like times 10 and there was like good music and just opportunity here. And I was like, I need, this is where I'm going to like create, like become who I become who I am. Right. I, I had that kind of sense. So I, I went for it. So a lot of people talk about transplants and, you know, <laughs> and everything, but like, it's a magical place it, and it's, it you know, it's a transformative place. I think. Speaking of like monkey loft inside's cool. No, no hate, no shade there, but that deck is like it's world class literally like and when they bring a little extra sound out there yeah it's so good and they i think they put up a couple speakers in the back recently so good. it sounds really good i know i was there the other night it sounded great yeah, yeah. i'm i love it up there yeah. so I, in fact ian pooley was here uh-huh. and he's you know he thanked all these cities but then of course there was a picture of that you know, I saw that, that post and, and you're just like yeah I know that spot that's yeah. like five uh-huh. minutes from here so amazing uh, we are lucky yeah yeah we're no. very lucky very cool so it's funny because sometimes you know everybody's got a different origin story right like a lot of times like me I went to a rave or, mm-hmm. or, or Sangdo went to a rave I think we were talking to Sherman he had his first rave experience and then I mean you you literally like yours was more intentional with this this sort of underpinning of of music experience and mm-hmm. you found us on Instagram. Isn't or you that found, crazy? Yeah, that's crazy, but it's cool. It's, it's wild. Yeah. And 2018 is yeah. yeah when you came out. Okay. Well, yeah, it was like the new... Actually, I moved here like during New Year's, like after Christmas. Wow. My dad and I drove out and then he was going to... My mom flew out. Help, they all helped me move in and then they flew back. And I had I like ate something on the road. Oh, no. And I, I that was the sickest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> so my first New Year's Day and the first three days in Seattle, I was just like on the couch holding my, you know, I had to go to urgent care. I had to get an IV. It was terrible. So, but anyway, <laughs> we made it to Ikea <laughs> after I recovered a little. Because that's so what that happens, what right? Need. Everybody, when they move out here, then they go to Ikea and buy a bunch of uh-huh. furniture for their first place, right? And, that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah, and I kept that stuff for a while. I have some of it still. So. Have your folks been out here before? Um, they hadn't. I don't think so. Yeah, that was their first time. They've been out a couple times since. Yeah, yeah. of course. But we kind of try to alternate, like That's whether cool. they're coming or I'm coming home or whatever. But and they do are they are they aware with what you're doing, like out in the club scene and yeah, okay. yeah, they know. At first, when I told my mom that I was gonna that I wanted to be a DJ, she thought I was gonna like quit my job and like DJ weddings and 
I was like, no, 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 no. Like it's a different, like that's not a bad thing. Like no, no, no shade to anybody. Like I think that's a great way to make money. How fun, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's like, I'm not going to quit my, I'm not going to quit my job. Like uh, we have to kind of have both. I need money in order to be able to do this, Sure. you know, and I'm not expecting my career to just like suddenly materialize without having to kind of lay some groundwork first, you know? And you got to kind of have the funds to do that. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, you're out here, you're, you're doing some production. How are you, how are you getting connected into the scene? Like meeting people? Because like you mm. said, you're playing monkey right. loft, you're playing other venues. I see your name all over the place. I mean, it's 2023. Yeah. I think 2018 to 2023 is not that big of a, of a time span in I the life not. of somebody who's been DJing <laughs> since 97, right? Yeah, like, yeah. so um yeah yeah what was the how, how did all those connections start to happen yeah so um I think like I think like my parents left and I was immediately like all right let's go to a show like once I felt better nice. and I think that like there was a moon boots show for noise complaint was bringing moon boots at creme work gotcha and Tony H was in timber room I think and like Aaron O'Connor was opening downstairs and I just remember like like hanging out with Tony for a bit and you didn't know Tony at this point. No, okay. like I or in the room, just like dancing right, to right. his music. And then I, I went down the stairs and Aaron was playing. And I just remember like, cause she's playing like deep, funky, you know, cool, cool house music that I had never heard anything like before. Oh, no, like she, I just had Spotify yeah. samples, you know, like, sure. and hearing two tracks lay over each other. It was just like, I had, I was just like ecstatic with joy. It was like, um, it was one of the best like that fe- that feeling that you get like I wrote a song with Tony about that like I walk into the club like like I fell in love you know it's yeah. just like a really cool so there was a pivotal moment then mm-hmm. actually and that was that was one that was when I was like out. I want to do this kind of thing Got like it. and this being the I want to be involved thing. with this and I don't know if I can do I this I don't know if I'm able like if I'll ever have the skills to do this but I want to was kind of like the feeling that was the that was the crack to sort of get you hooked on yes. the potential of DJing actually. Mm-hmm. And then I would like <laughs> like just go to shows at Monkey and sometimes it'd be like a bass night <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, I, this is not this is not what I want. Like I'm a house, right. you know, no right. no shade to that at all, but totally, um, just not my thing, you know. And so I'd be like, oh, this is the wrong party. <laughs> but, yeah, but people are into right. People are into that. Like everybody's yeah. everybody's got that that hook sometimes uh-huh. and and there is yeah i'm glad we have something for everybody for sure but i just remember kind of being like oh I'm, I'm looking for the house you know yeah. and it kind of just confirmed my path yeah so and so speaking of you said you played flammable recently that was mm-hmm. your first time playing flammable yes i mean when you punch flammable off your list you, that's, that's a big one that's a big one right mm-hmm. how was that it was uh the best crowd that my partner and i have ever played for it's fucking unbelievable well, right yeah it was and we got like wesley booked us on a holiday weekend which was super lucky so we had this like energetic crowd that was just ready and it was just like the most amazing connection i mean they they'll, were there they'll, for they'll like clap when you're switching bass lines that when you drop the bass out they che- like they know what's going on so you better bring it yeah. but they know what's going on it's very educated fun crowd right yeah, yeah it was a ton of fun yeah Memory forever, for sure. I hope to be back. That's for sure. So were you and your partner going going back and forth like three tracks or what were you guys doing? Um, 
I think we started, I think we did once the whole time. Wow. That's so fun. Yeah. We did once the whole time. So. And how often do you guys play together? Well, he kind of like, I mean, him and Amy as well. They were, because when I met, so I'd been in Seattle for a while on my own. And then um, Sully and I were at the, we, we've talked about, like, he was at that Moon Boots show. And, we okay. did, you know, we just, ne- we have been at a ton of parties that we never met. Right. And then, like, during the pandemic, we met on, like, this online stream. It was, and, like, there was a Zoom room. And, like, we started chatting. <laughs> I know. It's ridiculous. It's, it was for Uniting Souls. Sure. And, like, it was just, so we started chatting on there. And then... um made coffee date and canceled it three times because the governor told us we had to stay inside. And finally we got coffee and then we um, just kind of like never stopped hanging out. Yeah. So it was kind of like instant, you know? Um, So it was really nice. Um, And we were very happy to meet each other, but that he introduced introduced me to Amy and Alfonso who were his like pandemic buddies. Amy being Snapdragon. Yeah. Snapdragon and Alfonso Tan. So two amazing powerhouse DJs and Sully's an amazing DJ. So I had this kind of like little community to learn from and I had kind of started dabbling in it. I think before we met, I already had my little DDJ 400, you know, which I still have. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. We still use that one on the beach. Because mm-hmm. just oh, in case great. you fuck it up, it's... Uh, I'll never get rid of it. No, don't. It's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, so they kind of all taught me. So you things. connected with those. those are, they were kind of your yeah. first click, right? Yeah. That you got in with. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And then I kind of also had met Hector reached out to me to collab because I would I kind of posted my stuff on Instagram and followed people, uh, you know, to try to market and make connections without being able to really know sure like so Hector and Tony I both like we both connected about like working on music through Instagram it's crazy but that's just the world we live in you know but so then um from there um I started kind of collaborating with those folks on productions which also kind of added to my bucket of people that I knew got it and then Tony booked Sully and I both for my first gig so for his be my guest night I, we played back to back for my first time in the club. How was so, your first gig? It was so much fun. Was it? I was like, um, yeah. <laughs> was, Were you nervous? Yeah, I was hella nervous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was very nervous. But that's normal. And then I think we just ended up just having a lot of fun. And I think the response from the crowd was like, kind of like, almost like, oh, d- they liked that song. Like, okay, like, let me do another one. Like, kind of, you know, like, encouraging, yeah. I guess, was the best way to say that. Like, because yep. I didn't know what to expect um, at all, you know? But it was a yep. really fun party. And what was that party at? I'm tra- Timber Room. The Timber Room, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back when you first started it, they were doing, I think, yeah, maybe the whole time, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, so we we did that, and that was how I got started. Wow, that's very cool. Kind of cool. yeah. And you also got a new boyfriend, partner, whatever out of the whole Yeah. Thing. And it's it's always fun to talk to people about how they've kind of connected into to the various scenes because you you start to see like in one way or another, it seems like, you know, when I was talking to Tony last, I mean, he just like he just go after it and he'll mm-hmm. just like put like we talked to him about you know, how do you know when to get a manager? And he's like, I put a post on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) But Uh it's just, I I think people don't understand, like the stuff doesn't just get handed to you, but if you put yourself out there. And I did that for for my first couple of years. I I like, cause I knew I, I knew what I wanted 
was to be involved in the community and be a part of it and be a creator in some capacity. Like I didn't know exactly what that would become. You know, I, I also knew that I wanted to eventually be singing in the club and that we did that. Like I accomplished that. Um, I did. So yeah, I just think that like in order, like you can have your dreams, but you kind of have to plant those seeds and take that first step. And then the next four steps might just kind of tumble. Like you don't even have to do anything, you know? So, but putting yourself out there and like, I think I introduced myself to Tony and Timber Room and then he added me on his Facebook group and I shared my Instagram when he posted for music. And that's, so if I didn't say hello to him, I never, he never would have heard anything that I did and we wouldn't have been able to make that connection. So I think trusting your gut and taking those little leaps of faith and being, you know, I mean, comfortable with rejection is, is never easy, but just being willing to take the risk of, of being rejected. I think. I mean, if I look at the bullets, right, you, you moved out to Seattle by yourself. Mm -hmm. You started going out by yourself. You started introducing (laughs) yourself to people by yourself. Uh Right. And then you started connecting with people without any, just, just proactively. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what you got to do, right? I I don't think everybody understands that sometimes. (laughs) Honestly, like maybe that's just me. (laughs) No, no. I mean, I think I think for a lot of people they don't they don't get it they don't kind of connect the two you know they uh-huh. they want this thing and they almost feel entitled to this thing but right. they don't necessarily um, understand yeah. that like there is a grind there's some yeah. level of grind all the yeah. way through and I think being an athlete for twelve years I played volleyball like I know what that is like I know what it means to like show up and like and just like get in the game you know you have to participate embrace the suck a little bit you have to embrace the suck and you have to take risks and like i'm not always going to feel 100 percent confident that i can beat the person across from me but i'm going to show up and not to say that this is a competition but i think it helped to foster that sense of like willingness to take a risk so would you say is that a that's probably fair to say that a lot of this drive kind of came from your athletic background. I think so. And yeah. even recently, like, <laughs> cause I kind of like, so here's the story for flammable. Like, let's hear it. <laughs> so I was like freaking out. I think, so we were on like, um, gear that I wasn't as comfortable with that I hadn't played on before. So CDJ is 900 they or were, whatever. Yeah. They were yeah. older. Yep. So I was, ner- I was really nervous. Um, and I had, we were mixing a little bit prior, like beforehand. And the song that I picked to mix was like a nineties track where the, you know, the tempo kind of oscillates, like the beat grids all fucked up. It like, runs around on you a little bit. And yeah. 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 And like the hi hats are like, you know, so yep. I like did not mix it well. And I had this moment of being like, Oh my God. Like, I'm going to screw this up and just having, and then like we went in the green room talk, you know, I expressed my feelings and then I was like, you know what? No, like we're not going there because if I go there, then the whole night is just going to spiral in that direction. Yeah. Like I need to show up like I'm a volleyball player right now. Like it doesn't matter if this is the world championship or, you know, the finals, like I have to show up and do my best and trust that I'm going to do a good job and that I have skills that I can bring to this. And I had, I had this like complete a hundred percent like flip of just like my mentality and the way that I was going to show up for that. And I, it was the best show. Like it was just, it was like, I felt empowered. I felt so powerful. It was really cool. How healthy of you, right? No, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was hard, you know, but if I didn't have that experience of like having to do that for 12 years, yeah, like I don't think I could have, it's, it's hard. I feel like I'm turning into kind of this struggle 
I get kind of fetishy now about hearing people struggle because it's so interesting. And I, I, even me, I make these assumptions about people, you know, because they seem put together, they're great DJs or yeah. super talented producer, whatever, mm-hmm. that it's a gift that it's just like they've got, and, and it, yeah. it's probably part of that. Right. Yeah. But again, it's but if that, you don't have the work, yeah, like you, you can't materialize the gift or like see it to your full potential. So totally, you know, yeah. So on that note, I mean, as far as we're kind of in today, right? Like, where are you at today? What's good? Mm-hmm. What's bad? What are you looking to change? Where's Where's the next evolution? Is there something? Well, I um, it's funny you say that because um, I'm actually planning this August. Like, my partner Sully and I are both going to revisit intentions that we set probably a year ago. Like, we still have them written down and folded up in a little. And we're going to... Did you guys do these together, by the way? Mm -hmm. We both set our own, so they're both in there. We're going to burn them. Because I feel like I don't know what's next right now. And I need to, like, release some things to, like, be able to welcome in, like, what is is my long-term... Like, I've I've accomplished a lot of the short-term goals that I had since I've been here. So I need to, like, think about, like, my next long-term goal and what are the short-term goals that I'm going to to have next, I guess. So I don't really know. Um, I'll say that there is a big show in November and I'm writing a ton of new shit for it. And I'm going to like, I'm not going to do like any live hardware. I think that's in my long-term future. (laughs) I would love to be able to do that and do do more of the indie dance band thing. Right. Would be amazing. Like would love that. Or like a, like a crazy P situation where, you know, you have a, like a, maybe a three or four piece band sometimes, or then you just have the DJ, but you have those vocalists and, so that's really inspiring to me too. So I don't really know like where where my next step is, but I have some like ideas about what I want that to be, but we just need to like I need to clear out what has come so far and open up some space and set more intentions. So Very cool. Those are, I mean, those are some <laughs> of the most interesting times, right? Where you you don't really know. You've mm-hmm. accomplished a bunch of I mean, you've accomplished a pretty a pretty fair amount of you know cool things in a short period of time respectively right i think so i mean yeah i'm not like you know a seasoned veteran dj sure but i think i do have something special that i want to continue to share and build on and um yeah i appreciate you letting giving me the space to talk about it i mean that that was i think there was something just about you and your presence even online that that i was like I would really like to talk to her and just get, get cool. it. and I was talking to you. I'm glad to talk to you too. Well, so here's, what, here's what's funny. I was talking to you about coming and doing this before this was even a thing. You right. know what I'm saying? Like I, yes. I reached out to you a year before. I remember. I was just like, I need to talk to this girl. And and, and cool. I did, we didn't even have a, a thing yet. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then when you reached back out to me, I was like, he did it. I was like, oh my God, yes, it's happening. So it was like a cool. I wouldn't have done moment. it without my awesome team. But right. yeah, like yeah. We, we are, we're doing that. It, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I should join you guys on the Moonlight Fire release <laughs> thing. I know. Yeah. It's a little woo woo, but not everyone is into that. But it's kind of, yeah. No, I've, I've totally done One that. of my caps. I've done that kind of ceremony before. Oh, cool. So, yeah, very good. Very good. <laughs> I mean, if you, you live in the Pacific Northwest, yeah. I think that. You either you have hippie, hippie or shaman friends or you are a hippie shaman. It's maybe <laughs> yeah. a little bit of both. Right? Exactly. Um, okay, so that's so the, the the roadmap isn't really defined right now for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a big show coming up, and that's it. Like I'm just trying to, you know. Can you share that. the details on the show? I don't know if I should. Yet, I got so you. I'm not going to. Um, well, I like because the mystery. I, 
I haven't confirmed it, but it's like a very exciting one. I'm sure if you want it, it sounds like you're going to make it happen. So yeah, I'm yeah. not too, uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. not too worried about it. I hope. Yeah. I mean, I got a lot of music to crank out here. So after the shameless, I'm going to play like the shameless bicennial camp out festival. Okay. And then I'm not, I'm going to try my best to say no to gigs through November so you can just work and so i can work because this big show so can you talk about what's different about the show or you don't even want to touch into that well um i'm just gonna do like my my first time doing live vocals was for shameless decked out um so last summer and it was in september and it was oh my god it was just the best it was this amazing we had like techno on the roof and then it like bright fun house indie dance nice. in the loft and so the crowd was pretty like i had a big crowd because they're you know that's a pretty um polarizing sure <laughs> those are two very different things um so i had a big crowd and it was so well received um, and you were actually you were you i'm sorry were you singing <laughs> while you were djing uh-huh. was going so on? i did a two-hour set i did probably like eight or nine maybe seven or eight of my own tracks and then like mix those in. Okay. But this next one, I'm going to try to do a hundred. It's shorter. It'll be an hour and I'm going to try to do a hundred percent like my stuff. So, nice. yeah. So <laughs> you, the, the picture is DJing with some vocals added in. Like you're just, yeah. Mixing up. Show. Like I got to it's a lot of work to like get each track mastered in the right way. So my voice can shine through in the live. So you got to have two, two versions of everything. And then, um, setting those cue points so you kind of know like when the vocals start so that you know so it's a little different the prep is different for, are you for running that. like effects on your vocals like reverb and echo and stuff like that or i have a little vocal effects box that i like okay um it has like an onboard compressor it's a tc helicon perform ve is the name of it and it has it's just a really like user-friendly kind of like effects and it has you know all this all the things and it also has a vocoder which is kind of fun nice but um i'm i want to kind of explore some other options for hardware for that too i really like the one i have but i think there's i know there's a lot more out there or like looping like let's play with looping during this you know oh hell yeah so i don't know no that I, i love that i love that so can't tell us about the big show maybe you come back after you do your big show that sounds good and we'll see how it goes down yeah that'd be great so anything else i think you know, in the present, you're not necessarily, do you have any upcoming gigs just in the short term, upcoming releases that you want to Upcoming releases, I've got two on, t- well, um, one remix for Jesse Lear on Tilted. I have a um, Wolf Stacks collab with Sheps, Wolf Stacks and Sheps. Um, I, that's the track that um, he kind of ditched the sample and added. So that'll be coming out on Tilted. And then I have um, a track on the Feral One compilation coming out too so i'm excited about that one in in particular because it's my first like solo like not self-released production okay that's just like only me like not a collaboration not that i don't love i love collaborations but it feels kind of special so i'm excited about that so question for you feel free to answer this or not because i'm i'm always also curious about the business side like Mm -hmm. i know how you get paid to dj Mm -hmm. um i know i i I have a pretty decent understanding of how you get paid when you release a track and a Mm -hmm. label picks it up do you also get paid for doing vocals or is it kind of a trade sort of i think it's kind of a trade yeah i think i'm i'll say that i'm like i haven't first of all you're you bring up a good point in that i should be thinking about that 
Um, but I don't feel like um, if it's a if it's a friend who I love what they're doing, right? It's fun, and yeah. like we're gonna release it together, and it's like a collaborative, creative process together. So I don't feel the need to like necessarily ask for money, but I will say that I have been way more selective about what projects t- I will right. spend time on. So um, I have to really love it before I dive in, I guess, or like be excited, like be very excited about it before I'll dive in because it does take a lot of time and energy. And I don't just want to do like a lot of stuff that isn't quite like resonant with me. I want to do a few things that are really close to my heart, I guess, if that makes sense. So I just got to be, you know, a little bit choosy on that. But yeah, I mean, we have so many amazing producers here. It's kind of it's like, crazy. it's really hard. It is really it's hard crazy. to say no. Like, it's very yeah. hard to say no. Yeah, there's, and and I think some people don't understand, like, the barrier's not always whether you get paid or not get paid. If, mm-hmm. it's, if it's like, if it if it kind of maps to you and it's, you know, if, if the intention is there and you like what they're doing mm-hmm. and, you know, same with DJ gigs sometimes. Like, I mm-hmm. love to get paid for DJ gigs, but... I also love to play like with Paul and Sangdo mm-hmm. for free on the beach. Totally. And, and we have like so much fun and, mm-hmm. you know, so. I mean, yeah, we love it. We yeah. love to do it, yeah. you know. So I think, yeah, picking and choosing, thinking about how much time is this for me to to do? Like is, you know, what's the investment? What else do I have going on in my life right now? Can I afford to spend a couple hours and not, you know, receive right. it? So I think that, yeah, always kind of weighing those factors, but I mean, we love it, you know, so. Would there ever be a, would there ever be a time if you were sought after sort of nationally or internationally where that would sort of become a part of your, part of your financial plan where you were getting paid to do? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think regarding um, making like more of a career out of it, I don't know that I would say that I want to be like a, like a world renowned DJ. I'm always going to be a DJ. I love DJing. But I think that I'm almost thinking like for the big career goal, like being that lead singer in like a synth indie dance, like hardware kind of like, I, I don't know if you've heard Blue Hawaii before, but ugh. like something familiar, that's okay. They're a duo too. Like Sylvanessa okay. is a duo. They're a, a, I think, I don't know if they're married, but I think Sylvan and S- Sylvanessa, the, the two are married. But anyway, it's cool. It's just like, just you, you need two people like, and you guys can yeah. have a whole band, like with all the drum machines and everything. So I don't know. But it's you're, cool. but you do think maybe a collab with somebody else in the in the big. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, I'm forcing this vision okay. right now because sure. I know you okay. said you're you're still like. I'm open it out. to inspiration. But wait, but what I'm kind of starting to hear you say is it's yeah, it's bigger than DJing, possibly collaboration with one or more people but right. doing this sort of more live thing yes then yeah yeah because i'm a performer at heart yeah. you know i love i love um yeah i love it and i think I'll, i mean first of all i'm a leo but i'm also like being an athlete i'm used i'm comfortable with being kind of in the spotlight yeah and with music it's taken me a little bit more time to kind of like flex like build those mu- muscles of like being more confident but I think DJing was like the perfect intro. Like if I started singing live in clubs immediately, that's going to be a lot different than if I have kind of like, like kind of a graded, graduated, like, you know, muscle built for like being on stage and connecting with the crowd. Right. And then that helped when I showed up for that first live set that I did with Shameless. It was like so natural. Uh, so I see. Yeah. So anyway, I'm trying to just like let it come to me in the steps that it will yeah but we'll see what happens no i I like the vision that's very cool 
That's Thank very you. cool. Yeah, I and I would love to see you do sort of the the whole embodiment of the live thing at some point. I think. Yeah, but that's definitely long term goal for sure. Yeah. So start thinking about what are my what are my baby steps. Yeah. What are the baby steps and work backwards from there? Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there? I mean, just based on your experience in the in the business so far, is there? Is there limits? Is there something you would change about what you've experienced so far? In the, because it seems like mm-hmm. you've had pretty solid, pretty I've been solid lucky. progression. I feel really fortunate. I think I owe a lot of um, a lot of my success to the femmes who were here from, yeah. you know, from the start, who were fighting for spaces for women. And that's you know, obviously, I immediately jump and talk about being a femme in the scene. But I think it's important to just like recognize yeah. them and like be thankful for the like. I haven't had too much, like too many difficulties w- regarding like finding opportunities and taking taking opportunities. Um, I think that's for a lot of different reasons, but I definitely think one of them is that there has been a lot of hard work put in. Yeah. Um, by a lot of people in the past. Kind of feels like, and when we talked to uh, Amy too, it kind of felt like there's some pay it forward that goes on, especially mm-hmm. with the femme scene a little I bit. I mean, she's Amy paid it forward to me already, yeah. you know, like putting my name in for Uniting Souls gigs and, um, so cool. you know, just teaching me, letting me plant, like I could call her right tonight and be like, I need to spin on your CDJs. And she'd be like, come on over, you know? Yeah. So she's always there for, for me. And I'm fortunate to have some like super other awesome close friends that are femmes here in the scene and it, like just having that bond with them is like yeah incredible so we just have that built-in support and it's not to say i mean honestly i've had good experiences with there are so many amazing men too sure. in our scene who Absolutely. are supportive of women like tony h you know yeah and like hector and these these guys are just like lifting up everybody yeah i mean i think that's what makes our community kind of special yeah. so yeah it sounds like you're dialed into a pretty good crew. I think know? I am. Yeah, I'm sure. lucky with my with my people. For sure. Mm-hmm. Outside of just music in general, I mean, are there other hobbies? This is one of the things I always forget to ask people. Like uh-huh. when I want to give a round, well-rounded sort of picture of who Rachel Vick is, like are there other things that you do for fun outside? Yeah. I mean, I like to hike. I like to... I'm into reading fiction these days. Um, <laughs> so I'm kind of on like the murder mystery train. (laughs) Nice. Um, And I like to, um, yeah, I mean, I used to paint and draw a lot more than I do, but that's still a part of what I enjoy. And volleyball, not playing as much now that the DJing has taken off, Um, but it doesn't mean I couldn't get back out on the court and play. Yeah. Um, But really, really, truly music does take up most of my free time. So, and I want it to. Yeah, of course. Of course. No, it's fun. Is is Sully a reader too? Is he a fiction guy? He's more of a, (laughs) a philosophical reader. And he had, I mean, I used to kind of be in that space too, where I'd read a lot of like self-help or like personal growth type of books. And, um, you know, I was like, I just need to have some fun and just yeah. read for fun. Like I kind of took a little bit out. I did a lot of work on myself throughout the, you know, this transition and like coming into Seattle and everything and learned so much about myself that I'm like, I've done enough. Like I need a break. Like I just right. need to have fun for a couple of years. Like the next thing that comes up, I will dive back into the, to, to the deep work, but you know, so anyways, yeah. that's sort of, but he does really enjoy, I think being reflective and he also will read like books about architecture or like history and sort of like okay. he likes the real world too i think a lot. and he loves japan and 
So yeah, so I'm kind envisioning of, a DJ book club is where I'm kind of going. Oh, with this whole that line would of be cool. This is what I'm, this is what I'm thinking. I love know. that idea. Yeah. I am in. Yeah. Sign me up. Me too. <laughs> me too. I don't know about architecture books. Though, I know. So to... Well, there's a lot of pictures. So that's Ooh, if there's pictures. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, no, I I love that you came in here. I love that we were able to coordinate this conversation finally. Yes. And, and against all odds, but I think I think between you between my persistence and your work ethic we made it happen yes um is there any final thoughts you want to say any shout outs anything before you know Mm. and no pressure if you don't have anything else it's fine i think i i think we can tie a nice bow on it i think we've we really got into a lot of the things that i wanted to talk about So yeah, this is a great conversation. I mean, the Thank time you. always flies, right? And this yeah. is why this is why I love doing this. Um, uh huh. And now I want to just cut you loose on the decks, okay? And do whatever the hell you want. And I'm super like excited and curious. Like I told you, I had a pretty shit week from oh, from I'm a sorry. real life perspective. It's all good <laughs> yeah. right? because this was what I was looking right. forward to. And now I'm even more excited to hear what are you gonna play? Oh you know? gosh, yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you? No. Oh yeah, if you want to, if you want, <laughs> well, like, if no. you want to preface it a little bit. I think I'll just say this: that I kind of have these two sides. Like, I have the fun, bright indie new disco side, and then I kind of have my like Jack in House, like UK warehouse side. Okay. So we're going that way today. I love it. Okay. Man, I think I think <laughs> the whole crew who's here is gonna love it. Okay. That's, that's some more So, yay. With that, yeah, let's let you loose. Thank and you. Thanks for coming in. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And I cannot wait to see what the future holds for you. This is be Thanks. A pretty, pretty fun to watch. I hope so. We'll see. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Seattle House Mafia. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Seattle House Mafia's industry interviews. If you want to watch the full video of this interview, including an exclusive mix from our guest, head over to SeattleHouseMafia.com forward slash YouTube. And before you go, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. For all things Seattle House Mafia, including our upcoming shows, latest mixes, gear reviews, and more, you can visit seattlehousemafia.com.